Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. We're studying James 4.6, where we read these terrifying words, God opposes the proud. In yesterday's podcast, I went through a whole long list of different ways pride can manifest itself. All those examples I gave had to do with pride toward people. But there's another side of pride, the side that faces toward God. Then there's another side of that same coin of pride that faces towards God. Here's some symptoms of that. Disobedience. Proverbs 119.21 says, The proud stray from your commands. God says, You're not permitted to go there. And we say, I'll go there if I please. That's pride. Okay? Every time we sin. Reliance on human wisdom. Self-sufficiency, which is seen in prayerlessness. Uh, passionless prayer. Lack of interest in the scriptures. Lack of interest in fellowship. I don't need that. God, I've got, I've got it covered. God, I don't, I'm not desperately in need of anything, so I'm not going to cry out to you in prayer. I don't, I'm not, I don't need to study the scriptures because I've got things figured out pretty good. I don't need any guidance from you. I, I, I don't need your people. I'm good. I'm good. That's pride. Another symptom of pride towards God is self-condemnation. God says, you're forgiven. My heart says, I'm guilty. My heart wins. That's Pride. Overindulgence in earthly pleasures. Uh, we've seen that already in James. He's going to say it again in chapter 5, verse 5. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. Lack of submission to authority. Unforgiveness. Demanding to know the hidden things of God. I, if I can't understand this thing in the Bible, then I'm not going to submit. Pride is the essence of sin because it weaves its tentacles into every corner of our lives. It's pride. But, you know, that's not the, that's not the main thing James wants to tell us here. He, mentioned, he implies that it's pride, but, but the main thing he wants to tell us is what God will do to the proud person. Verse 6, this is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. Fights against them. And it's no wonder. I mean, of course God is going to resist me and fight against me if I set myself up against him. What else could he do? Give in? Turn the keys of the universe over to me? Is that what we expect him to do? The entire Old Testament is a story of God lifting up the humble and bringing down the proud. And it doesn't matter who they are. It could be Nebuchadnezzar or Herod. It could be the man after God's own heart, King David. If anybody lifts himself up in pride, he's going down. Wherever there's pride, God's going to bring them down. Why is pride such a big deal in God's eyes? It's a big deal because God loves us, and in His love, He protects us from harm, and nothing is more harmful than, than to, to the human race than pride. The best thing that can ever happen to the human race, for everyone, is for God to be in His place and for man to be in His place. When God is honored, when His glory is seen, when He's magnified, nothing is healthier for mankind than to see His glory. Just as a household runs best when dad acts like a dad and mom acts like a mom and the kids act like kids, that's when everything goes good. But when the kids start thinking they're dad, or dad ends up like a kid, the the whole household is, is messed up. Cars run best when the engine is in its place, transmission is in its place, 
and the driver is in the driver's seat. You get the transmission in the driver's seat, you just got a mess. Right? Nothing good is going to come from that. This universe runs beautifully when God is seen as God and the creatures keep their place as creatures. But when man tries to step up into God's place, that's nothing but harm for everyone and God's love makes him bring that man down. So whenever some created being tries to climb up in God's place, the most loving thing God can do is put him back down where he belongs. Whatever it is, that puffs you up with pride. Beware. Beware. And whether it be your intelligence, I mean, what do you tend to be proud about? Your smarts, your good looks, your spiritual gift, your skills. You realize God can take all of that away at any moment. Your money, your house, whatever, your car. He could just take it away. And he might. The more you puff yourself up with, with pride over it, the more likely God is to have to remove it. Nebuchadnezzar was proud of his kingdom and his greatness. God took away his sanity. He was walking around like a cop. Peter was proud of his faithfulness to Christ. God let him fall into the worst sin imaginable, the worst act of unfaithfulness imaginable, publicly. Herod took credit for his glory. God struck him dead and he was eaten by worms. Satan is trying to exalt himself above God, and God's already written it in stone. Satan is going to be cast into eternal fire. God will bring down the proud, no matter who they are, even if they're pastors. You know, in 1 Timothy 3, it warns us not to ordain men who are recent converts, not because they might not do a good job. It doesn't say don't, don't, don't ordain a recent convert because he won't be a very good elder. It doesn't say that. It says, don't do it because he might become proud and fall under the same judgment as the devil. It's better to just go without having this excellent elder than than to risk him becoming proud and falling under the judgment of the devil. Anyone who exalts himself will be brought down. You lift yourself up in pride. Those stairs that you're ascending, they're the steps up to the gallows. Any price, any price is worth paying to avoid pride. Paul had that horrible, excruciating thorn in the flesh. God gave it to him. He gave him this thorn in his flesh just for the sake of keeping him from pride. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Or 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And that was worth it. It was worth that that pain. As excruciating as that thorn was, the only good thing that ever came out of it was it kept pride out of Paul's heart. It was worth it. Why? Because God gives grace to the humble. And, that, and Paul needed grace. Oh, did he need grace? And, and he got it through that humility, and it was sufficient for him. Some of you are suffering under the mighty hand of God right now, and, and I don't pretend to know all the various reasons and purposes God has for why he's brought this horrible suffering into your life right now, but I can tell you this, if you allow that to humble you, and that's the only good thing that ever comes of it, it'll be worth it. That's why Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And when humility looks at God, it bows the knee. Your will, Lord, not mine, be done. You want to give me a ble- uh, some, some trial instead of the blessing that I, I prayed for? That's good. That's good. Oh, it's not your timing right now, God? Well, I'll wait. You're saying wait? I'll wait. You took that thing away from me? Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
That's what humility says. You want me to drop my laptop on Thursday night and lose my entire sermon? Really? You know what you're doing? I don't. You're saying no to this fleshly impulse that I'm having, God? It's, you're saying it's sin against you? Well, that's the end of the discussion. That is the end. No arguing soul. God said no. Answer's no. Not going to debate it. That's the lowly soul. And when you bring yourself down to that lowly place, what happens? The streams and rivers of God's grace come flooding down on you, fills every hole, every dry canyon. Your life flourishes and explodes with life and spiritual strength and spiritual fruit. And you find yourself on the receiving end of all the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Blessed are the, the meek. They will inherit the earth. Blessed are those the merciful. They'll be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called sons of God. You get all of it. You get all of it because grace flows down into the valley of the humble. Which of the symptoms of pride toward God are most evident in your life? Disobedience, human wisdom, self-sufficiency, self-condemnation, overindulgence, unsubmissiveness to authority, demanding to know the hidden things, or anxiety? If you detect any of those in your heart, confess it to God and talk to Him about what steps you might take today in the direction of humility in those areas. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.